One, two. Beautiful. <laughs> Hi, welcome to It Rocks or It Sucks. My name is Carl Kuhn. Um, you might know me from my various music projects, Museum Mouth, my slight involvement with Say Anything, or my uh, solo project, Game Eat. Uh, new single, March 1st. I'm just going to say that every day until the end of time, or until March 1st. And afterwards. <laughs> and ne- then never talk about music ever again. That's fine. Um... <laughs> My name is Becca High, and I got a haircut. <laughs> I'm a new person. It's awesome. That's it. Oh, and today is exciting because we're um, we're joined by an iconic guest. I don't know what number of guests this is. I stopped counting. My life fell apart in between <laughs> when I cared and now. But um, iconic nonetheless. We're joined today by Dave Tomain of Cave People. Hi, Dave. How the fuck are you? I'm good. Uh, great to be here, Becca. Your hair looks great. Uh, Thank you. I haven't seen you a bunch before, so I don't know what it looked like prior to this, but I think it's it's a good look right now. <laughs> It looked really bad. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah, uh, good job on the haircut. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm honored to have you on the pod today, Dave. Oh, thank you so much for, for having me. I'm psyched. Yes, ho. Okay, so last year you put out a record called Looking. Mm-hmm. Speak on that. Uh, I did it. It came out. <laughs> it's uh, really good. We put it out with uh, our friends at Disposable America and... Um, other friends label called Stereo Founded on Records. Uh, it's cool. Um, I agree. We all, Beck and I both co-signed. It's very, very good. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. sick. Uh, thank you guys so much. Um, of course. Yeah, it's still out there. So if anyone listening wants to buy it, I'll send it right to you. That's that's a promise. <laughs> you I've truly cannot beat it. that. If there's like a little uptick, uptick in your streams lately it's all because of me yeah uh, that's all i need <laughs> yeah and i look at that every day yeah it's, it's like wrong that you can do that they should not let you be able to see that yeah i wish i never got the uh the artist app <laughs> it's ruined yeah. everything i had people that like used to text me uh, like about checking theirs and i didn't i just kind of like played along with it. i was like i don't know what you're talking about uh-huh. and then when i like realized what they were doing and i got it it like ruined my life for six months but now i don't check it yeah. i just I'm past it. I'm just over here with my lonely band camp that gets like two streams a month. So I I don't know what that's like. Becca, you should plug your band camp every app from here on out. No, no. Drop that link. (laughs) What is it? What's the band camp? It's just my name, but it's like I a lot of the music that is put out like is. I don't really try to mix it at all or like perfect it. I'm just like, here it is. I'm done with this. And I, so like, yeah, just um, do what you want. I think that's sick. Yeah. Also, I'm working think- on it. I'm working on actually mixing songs that I'm working on now. So uh-huh. the, uh, the band camp analytics that you get are like, really brutal i feel like i haven't looked at them in a long time but if like it lets you know how many of your songs were like skipped after a few seconds and uh there was a time when i'd be like oh no <laughs> that's why you gotta like pull the old museum out stuff and write those like 48 seconds yeah <laughs> impossible to skip 
Yeah, you literally couldn't skip it if you tried. I I see that and I'm like, I get it. You know. That that too, you know. <laughs> no judgment. Because I just like put out mostly ambient sort of music that you would skip after it going nowhere after 40 seconds. Don't say it goes nowhere. Everything, every song goes somewhere. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Even if it's to hell. Okay. So um, the three of us are gathered here on Zoom today to talk about the 2008 um third LP. I was going to say junior LP, but no one says that. Third LP by the British band Block Party. The album is called Intimacy. Wow. What an album. Mm -hmm. Is junior what you say for third? I mean, I was a junior when I was in my third year of high school. That's the logic. Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. This is their third record, right? Yes. Yeah. I was thinking like you're named after your dad and you get juniored. Intimacy Junior. Yeah, Intimacy Junior, the the remix album that they put out after this. I love this band's dedication to a remix album. That is so interesting. Okay, well, Intimacy is absolutely a psychotic album front to back, but I, um, spoiler alert, I really enjoy this album a lot. So I'm very excited to chat with you fools about it. I also really enjoy Intimacy. Uh, I can't wait to get into it. Yeah, in the interest of transparency, there was a big group chat where we went back and forth between this and um, Silent Alarm quite a bit and opted for this one because I feel passionately about it. Dave seemingly does as well, but Becca, (laughs) Becca, you've been a little quiet since we introduced the album. (laughs) Um, This album is uh, not my favorite. (laughs) I can't say I really listened to it. As I was uh, when it came out, because I did not like it, and I thought, what the heck, let me listen to it now and see if anything has changed. And I guess we're going to find out here shortly. Yeah, so typically before we dig into the track listing, we talk a little bit about where we were in our lives when the album dropped. Um, so personally, I remember like the one thing about this album was being super surprised about how quickly between announce and release it was done online. It felt like very insane it was like one day i like woke up and checked the internet and was like oh block party has a new record coming out in like 48 hours that's so crazy and um that was like the first time i think i'd ever really seen that but i i read that they um i read a quote where they're saying that they were inspired by the release of in rainbows by that other band radiohead (laughs) (laughs) that took me a minute i don't like that band but they were inspired by that kind of oh um, i cannot wait to force you to review radiohead with me have me come back (laughs) (laughs) have the roles reversed where it's like we love that album carl is yeah Yeah. shitting on it nonstop. (laughs) okay um becca what, what was your life like when this album came out queen i have no idea um, I just remember yelling at you about how bad this album was because you were yes. like, it's the best block party album. And I just remember getting really heated and uh, ranting to you about that. Uh, I just learned that this album was done in two weeks, which uh, makes sense to me. Uh, that's... Um, 2008 you said yes it came out in august of 2008 i feel like 2008 is another year of my life i don't remember anything 
about. Okay, love that. All right, Dave, what was life like for you when this album came out? Uh, I don't remember. I remember. I don't remember where I was when it came out, but I remember when I finally listened to it, which wasn't immediately. Uh, but I was on a plane going to uh, visit my older sister, who was like studying abroad in London, and they had like preset music like on the the seat in front of me that i could plug into uh and i was like oh there's this block party i've never heard this before like uh i liked the other ones uh and i put it on i just remember being like what the hell is happening right now (laughs) (laughs) something about being in a plane and hearing like the first two tracks felt completely insane uh but i loved it uh and it's been very important to me ever since that is a really beautiful tale. I love that you were flying to London. I think I looked, I tried to find a block party show in the like the general area when we landed, uh, and it didn't exist, but wishful thinking. Yeah, truly. You just never know. Um, I love that you discovered this album on a plane because I have like visceral memories of listening to this album on a plane as well, which is just weird. Like, I don't think this is good flying music if that <laughs> no. is a genre, but <laughs> that is that does happen to be where I have listened to this a lot. All right, Becca, so um, I know you really like to look into what the critics said about the album. Uh, I was just wondering if you found anything interesting. Uh, Yeah, Uh, Pitchfork gave it a 5.8. And I actually like this review because they actually talk about the album, and I agree with them (laughs) through most of the review. Rolling Stone gave it three and a half stars out of five, and Consequences Consequence of Sound has a review that I will be referencing a lot. They don't okay. give it a rating. It's just like a long review, so. Yeah, like an impression of the record. Yeah. That's really cool. I, um, I'd like to note that Ian Cohen wrote the pitchfork review ian cohen if you're listening to this i challenge you to come on the pod i would love to just talk about anything i love you um we're friends right um but anyway so uh yeah i don't i don't agree with that number that number that number actually i feel like a bull in a um cartoon i feel like my eyes are just going red and there's like (laughs) steam coming out of my ears like seeing that it's much too low for an album so amazing (laughs) But okay, Becca, with that sound, let's take into the track listing. <laughs> Classic suppressed laugh. <laughs> yeah. All right, so this album opens with a little song called Aries. Wow, Aries. Um, Becca, how do you feel about Aries? <laughs> I know I gotta go for it. It just feels right. I mean, I remember in the group chat the first thing as I started listening to it, was saying it was uh, so extra. (laughs) And I... Okay. From the Pitchfork review, I'm just going to steal this and say, Aries engages in all-out sonic warfare. (laughs) Uh, That is very true. The guitar blares like an air raid siren. Achilles' vocals get processed into cheese whiz. And if the <laughs> rhythm section was in the studio at any point during the recording, you'd need surveillance videos to prove it. But uh, 
Maybe Ian Cohen missed the lyrical content maybe influencing their sound because the guitars legit sound like sirens and they're really annoying and unpleasant along with the panning back and forth of his voice that I can't stand and what really bugs me as well in this song is his whoa 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 (laughs) Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. That's what you're it, doing that's right. the end. Okay, yeah. Well, <laughs> perfect. Um, wow, I don't even know where to begin. He's saying um, words there. He's not just saying, whoa. Yeah, I he's know, but more. like, he's British, so it sounds like, whoa, 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 whoa. Listeners, she's coming for your accents now. <laughs> Nothing is safe. Um, cruel. No. I, I truly think that that little pitchfork... Um, the little snippet of the pitchwork review you're quoting, I think it's definitely pulling a lot of its imagery from the imagery of the song. I think the song is effective in conveying that exact imagery, and it clearly wants you to see that exact imagery, in my opinion. I think it is very ballsy to open the record with some beautiful little ambient, like, stringy synth, and then go right into this insanely aggressive guitar, these ridiculous drums that are, like, literally blasting. Um... I don't, I truly don't even know. I love this song. I think that lyrically, this song is more about setting like a headspace for like where the narrator for the record is in his life. It doesn't really feel like it's, um, it's obviously not about, I don't think it's like about like a relationship or anything like that. It's not far from a love song. I think it's just kind of setting the scene for the album. I love the, the line. I'm sorry. I'm like literally on like a long rant right now, but I love the line. Oh my God. Let's find out. Where is it? It's in the second verse. The rare, 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 this shit is long, or whatever, the shit is long, when he, like, kind of, yeah. like, breaks character uh, from delivering lines. That's so good. good. That's, like, a... That's all right. <laughs> if, listeners, if you could see Becca's face right now, she is not having oh, it. Oh, no. I took pics. I took selfies last night of me listening to this, <laughs> because... If if you can see that... <laughs> <laughs> that's a picture of someone who's happy. Yeah, we'll post that on the IG. Okay, I've said enough. Dave, how do you feel about Aries? Uh, I agree with some of the things said in the Pitchfork view. I just don't agree that they're bad things. Uh, I think it is like... (laughs) I think All Out Sonic Warfare is extremely appropriate. uh, Because it's so over the top. And it's really like... The vocal pit and everything, you feel really surrounded. It's super claustrophobic. uh, But I think it's sick. And it is such a wild way to start a record. Uh... Like, they just, like, they don't lull you into it at all. It's just like, okay, we're starting, and here we go. Uh, Get ready. You're in this or you're not. (laughs) Yes, very that. I know, like, kind of growing up with this band, and, like, I think Weekend in the City was one of the first albums I stayed up till midnight to, like, listen to when it came out, because I was, like, so excited. So, like, when this dropped, I was like, oh, like, this is where we're going now. Uh It, like, truly, it feels like they took every emotion they've ever had with this record and just turned it, like, all the way up. Like, the sad songs are devastating. The aggressive songs are literally the most aggressive music you'll probably ever hear. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. It's fun. There's also, there's one line in the song where uh, he just names, like, four different types of, like, sneakers, uh, which I didn't realize <laughs> until reading the lyrics this time, and I really like that. <laughs> yeah. That's right before their Red 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 shit is long. Yeah. I, Reebok, Nike, Adidas, Puma. Uh, so cool. cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just feel like this band, like, if if it's like if 
I'm just trying to put myself in like this man's shoes and like Kelly's shoes. I feel like um, this band had such a wild trajectory where they had essentially like instant fame in indie rock, which is rare. So I feel like with that, like you definitely have some amount of ego, which I feel like is a big conflict on this record lyrically and like some amount of success where it's like material things like that are going to sneak their way into your music, whether it's like through, you know, a beat pill in a music video, or if it's like you're just dunking on the fact that this is kind of the world you live in now in your insanely aggressive opening track. So I think it's cool. Becca, you look like you're absolutely in heaven on earth. Okay. I think Aries rocks. I think Aries rocks. I think it sucks. Beautiful. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) All right. Track two is a song called Mercury. Dave, how do you feel about Mercury? I think Aries and Mercury are so similar to me vibe-wise. Like... I said claustrophobic for Aries, but I feel like them together is just like... It's, it's like a one-two punch. Yeah, it's really sure. extreme. Uh, the album is like... It's begun so hard. Uh, but I love it. It's so funny. I think it's such a funny song to write a song about. Or some funny like topic to write a song about. Uh, where he's just like, yeah, Mercury's in retrograde. I'm not going to start a new love. I don't think I'll sign a lease <laughs> or anything. Uh, um looking up stuff about this song i found out that uh i didn't know there was oasis uh block party beef um oh i didn't know about that either Whoa. i guess the, the gallagher's uh were just being you know classic gallagher's and said the block party was like boring like indie house music or something uh and so kelly called them inbred twins at a show while dedicating <laughs> mercury to all of their fans <laughs> Uh, I think it was a it was a festival. They were Oasis was to headline, but like broke up right before. So Block Party by default became the headlining act because they were playing before them. Uh, so they started the set by saying that. That's amazing. Oh, my, my face is like beat red. That is literally I, an iconic tale. <laughs> Just to say that and then start playing Mercury is so cool. Like this, like this era of this band is just like unmatched they just like didn't give a fuck they're gonna do whatever they want and they were gonna do it like a hundred thousand miles per hour yeah it's very cool okay becky how you feel about mercury uh all i can think about is how it would be like a pretty sick marching band number and that is oh. the only context in which I would like this song. If I was watching a marching band competition <laughs> and they played this. I mean, that bridge is full of marching band snare. There, It's like if you listen to it again with the context in your mind that this would be sick as a marching band piece, then... It's good, but on its own, it's bad. Okay. <laughs> Is that your final answer on this topic? Um. Also, ju- because I've been yelled at about this before, it's Mercury retrograde, not Mercury in retrograde. Oh, I did not know that. So, he's wrong. He also <laughs> says my Mercury, which... It's 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 just the planet. It's everyone's, you know. 
Snotch wow, yeah, he's very main character syndrome lyric. Um, I mean, but speaking, if we're going to police the way people talk about <laughs> space and planets and astrology, I think we need to actually take on Lana Del Rey. Um, in Chemtrails over the Country Club, she does something with a horoscope imagery that no one has ever done. Some of the craziest sentence structure, some of the craziest possessives. It's uh, no one's ever talked about astrology like that. Okay, I have no idea. Crickets oh, from me. Yeah, crickets from the whole world right now. Longest <laughs> silence in the history of the pod. <laughs> anyway, so um, Mercury, let's think about this song. Uh, speaking of the marching band imagery, after that bridge, after the, um, but all I could say was hey, was hey, was hey, was hey, the horns doing that, da, 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 that is like, oh my God, to see a bunch of fucking like nerdy high schoolers going back and forth playing that descending thing, that would be like, so gorgeous see? i want to see that yeah you're not i know you're not wrong um i think that it's really fun how the um the main vocals get like the main chorus vocals get like looped like loop pedal vibes i think that's very cool i know there's a performance of this song on some late night that is like wildly impressive in my opinion um is there any lyrics that I, I just found lyrics? out that he's a libra just like johnny pierce Mm. And Morgan, my friend Morgan. And my friend Claudia. Both my roommates are Libras. <laughs> okay. I think Kim Kardashian is too. I know that because we watched the Kardashians last night and one of them said, she's a Libra, you know. <laughs> Dave, that is so funny. Okay, yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think this song delivers any iconic lyrics, um, but I do think overall these lyrics work really well together to paint this imagery. It's like uh, this song has like very like it kind of has like a weird desperate sort of feel where it's like I'm panicking. Things are bad. Look at how abysmal things are. And I. Yeah, well, no, I don't agree with that. I think the song is very cool. But anyway, uh, I think this song, I think Mercury rocks. I also think Mercury rocks. I think it sucks. (laughs) Okay. Hell yeah. All right. Track three is a song called Halo. Wow. All right, Becca, how do you feel about Halo? I didn't know this album was in my iTunes library, and I discovered it was last night. And this song starts at a very random point in the middle of the song in my <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> like 147 or it's something? It's like in the middle of him singing. And I was like, what? Um, uh, all I have is like it's a rock and roll song. The pan flanger that goes on is bad. <laughs> Those are two really beautiful words together. Pan flanger. Pan flanger. <laughs> That's a really great like witness protection name. <laughs> um, I, I okay. So you're you don't you don't live for this. I'm going to have to, like, listen to snippets of these because, honestly, Mercury is, like, the only song that I know in my head. I, like, I don't want to be, like, a controlling freak, but I really do think that, like, I think I could help you love this record. Uh, Carl, <laughs> I like, you saw I am... me last night and the pain I have been going through having to listen to this over and over again and like analyze it i am constantly i look disgusted most of the time 
and I'm constantly shaking my head. Just I like. I'm just so bad. I truly love this album. I think that it's literally so unbelievably good. Well, Graham it is, agrees with me. Of course, Graham agrees with you. Graham is straight. This album is really gay. <laughs> That's what it is. This song, this whole record is so incredibly homoerotic. It's insane. Absolutely. There's so much. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Dave, how do you feel about Halo? I like Halo. I think it's like the first like straight up block party song you get on this record or like older block party song. Uh, I feel like Halo could be on silent alarm and I wouldn't like think out of, think it out of place at all. Um, yeah. It's also, I feel like the time, like the, we've talked about the first two songs being like pretty wild and panicky. Uh, and I feel like he seems like a little more confident and in control as like a, a narrator in this song. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a little like dirtier in a cool way. Uh some, I mean, he literally sings about dirt. Yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of like tactile touching and like dirt lyrics, uh, and I'm I'm in. Yeah, I love that. You're, I definitely agree about the silent alarm vibe. There, I feel like this has like a helicopter um, fingerprint on it. It's mm-hmm. got like a banquet uh, price of gas fingerprint somewhere in there. It's very, it's very cool. I didn't realize. I guess I was reading the wiki before we started, um, but they recorded five songs with one producer and five songs with another producer. Is that Becca shaking her head? That, that is, is true, okay. but I'm shaking in my head as to like that's a bad they idea. They did that and wound up with 14 songs. <laughs> yeah, and that is like make that math make sense. <laughs> um, but I think that that's like kind of a cool idea because it's like I feel like one producer is going to let you kind of adventure more and kind of explore like what you as artists enjoy and then another one's going to be like well you're a guitar rock band you know if you pick the right two producers which i think is kind of what they instinctively did with this do you Um, know which songs are by which producer like does it break down that that clearly i can't find that anywhere Uh specifically online but i just feel like using my better judgment aries and mercury were definitely produced by the same person Mm -hmm. i would guess and then this is definitely the appearance of the second yeah for sure um but i don't know there i think that the lyrics on this are cool it's kind of introing like a love interest that uh that obviously i guess this record specifically is about like a breakup so i feel like this is important if you're following the story and the themes i was definitely having uh, you think go ahead becca no go ahead (laughs) oh the two of you uh (laughs) i was definitely trying to follow like the narrative of this uh closer and i guess this will come up as we go further in but there are definitely times when i was like what's happening like is this the same story because uh, it seems like it's about a breakup but then it's also very much about like like someone dying in a bunch of songs uh so i was just trying like i was trying to decide whether or not his partner had like passed away or if they had just like gone their separate ways <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was like both. literally Googling like <laughs> Kelly boyfriend death and stuff earlier uh-huh. being like, who is like, what actually occurred here? Um, and I feel like on a song like Biko, it's, uh, well, we'll get there. But like, I feel like there's a lot of like death imagery that doesn't necessarily ultimately convey physical human death, like leaving the earth. Mm-hmm. But then also like later on, like science will obviously we'll touch on that there. But there is some that does make it seem like someone physically did die. Um, I fucking think that Halo rocks. <laughs> I feel like Halo rocks more clearly than any of them. Like they're all like 
Aries and uh, Mercury are cool, but Halo is just a rocker. Capital R. Yeah. All right, Becky. I agree with that, but I think it sucks. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Well, you like you like the lyrics uh behind your eyes where stars. Where what where what verse? Verse 2. I almost teared up just hearing you say that. That's how much I like that <laughs> lyric. <laughs> okay, that line is a little corny, but a moth to your light bulb. That just makes me think about how I miss the era of moth memes. Oh, lamp. <laughs> also, uh, <laughs> he refers to someone having brown hair as having a golden halo. Uh, but that is what I expect from Block Party. Like, kind of like a little corny, super dramatic lyrics that are like probably kind of chill actually like not that big a deal but he makes them sound so dire uh and it's it's part of the buy-in for me i think i definitely agree he delivers lyrics with so much conviction that you can tell that he's serious a lot obviously he breaks character sometimes like we were talking about on aries but like he i just trust him when he's delivering lyrics i'm like you feel this way and i love that but yeah some of these lines are a little clunky in my personal opinion but the chorus is really good so and ladies and gentlemen and everyone that's what it's all about <laughs> okay so track four i can't believe i just said ladies and gentlemen that's something i've never said in my whole life all right track four is a song called biko our first down tempo moment on the album becca how do you feel about this song i hate it <laughs> Real. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh okay. All slash every sample used in this song is bad. Halfway through, the electronic drum kit absolutely ruins the song everything. The further you get into the song, or I should say I get into the song, the more aggressively I start shaking my head. And it's five minutes long. Fuck off. Why is there an organ that comes in? Why? There's so many competing sounds that don't complement each other in this song. And I am just asking why the whole time I am listening to this. Okay. <laughs> Becca, I just, I just want to say that uh, I realize we're at odds opinion-wise, but I adore your, your feelings on this record. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you have some extremely valid points. It's great to hear you talk about them. No, thank you. <laughs> you and Ian Cohen, go start your Block Party Review podcast. <laughs> Okay, I'm, I just simply, I'm, I'm stunned. I cannot believe that you just took my second favorite song <laughs> on this record to town like this. I think this song is so amazing. I think the imagery is absolutely fucking heartbreaking. The blueberries line, like literally shoot me with an actual gun. I wrote that one like, down too. Killer. It's so, so good. Um, I do. I did some. I did a little bit of researching. Okay, I clicked one link, um, and I found out that Biko is, um, I believe, is it an Igbo word term for someone like deer, referring to someone by like the pseudonym of like deer. Um, Igbo being a Nigerian language that Kelly's parents speak. Um, so I think that that's like a really cool um, 
kind of reference a cool place to be writing from and, you know, titling your song from. I think that this narrative of kind of like, of this is like the figurative death song, in my opinion. I feel like this idea of like watching someone kind of like wither away and you like lose hope in them as they like lose hope in themselves is like so heartbreaking. And I think that the chorus kind of being like, uh, like a heel turn a little bit just to be like, hey, like toughen up, like, you know, we can do this. There's like potential here. There's hope here. Like, you know, when you're going through something so heartbreaking, like there's a, a reference to like cancer. So it's like, I mean, we'll just use that as like an example. It's like, you know, like you kind of like if you wallow in it, there's only so much good that can come from that. So I feel like there's a lot of hope in this song, even though it is just like so, so sad. This world isn't kind of little things. Oh my God. He's right. He's absolutely right. And then also just real quick before I toss it to Dave, Becca, I think the electronic drums that come in are amazing. That insane clap sample. I love that. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dave, how do you feel about Vika? Uh, I, I agree wholeheartedly with you, Carl. Uh, I I love this. I think... Uh, the world isn't kind to little things is both like a heartbreaker and again just such a block party moment of like <laughs> we can say things like this and and mean it and you'll just still take that uh uh and it works um i think if Biko did not come at this point in the album like my like blood would pour out of my eyes uh <laughs> yes. just because like <laughs> enjoying it fully until now if things did not slow down at track four i don't know that i could handle it uh so i think it's it's such a breath of fresh air to just have like a sad block party song uh i tend to just love sad songs in the first place so i feel like at this point i was just like okay great let's let's do this let's breathe for a moment let's talk about blueberries uh and then we'll move on <laughs> Yes, much needed, much much needed. I love the blood pouring out of your eyes. But like, they it really doesn't like that. stay that way. Is my no, issue? No, but that's this album. It never stays but like, that way. I would like this song if it stayed chill. Mm-hmm. But it, they gotta. It's too much. It's too much. If like if tracks one through three are like at eleven or twelve out of ten, I feel like the song is at like a five, which is very comparatively chill. But that's just me. I think they, I, they bring it back up so that, like, <laughs> Trojan Horse isn't too jarring when it comes next. Because that's a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's a lot, a lot. Again, Biko is my second favorite song on this record. This is the song I specifically remember listening to on an airplane. Beautiful window airplane imagery in my mind. Um, I think the song absolutely slays ass and hole. The song rocks. Biko rocks. It sucks. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> she came on this bitch mad as hell today. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so track five. Track five is a song called Trojan Horse. Um, as we just alluded, it definitely starts with the pedal to the fucking metal. Um, I just I'm going to say some things up top for this one. I adore this first verse lyrically. Um, I know that th- these lyrics have been quoted um in passages trying to dunk on Block Party or saying that the lyrics on this record are clunky or kind of ridiculous. I personally eat this imagery up. Those watch imagery, you used to take your watch off before you made love. Literally, show me a better opening line to an aggressive gay song. You literally can't. 
It's untouched. Um, what else is there that's going on in the song that I love? I love how the chorus is like, um, hold on, wait. Is this, I am like trying to hear this chorus in my mind just reading it right now. Is this the one where it's like kind of like two different vocal takes happening? Or is that a different song? What is the chorus to this one? I'm listening. It's the one that's like a, a really high, you know, I still adore you. And then, yes. But in a different kind yes, of yes. I, okay. I love the way that those are like layered like that. I think that that's like such a cool thing. And also to like have that melody in your head and be like, okay, I want to do this, but it's going to have to take like a couple different, we're going to have to approach this a little differently for the chorus of a song. That's like, that's ballsy. I love it. Um, Are there any other lyrics I personally love? Oh, wait, what's the, did we, oh, one of the songs, what's the song where he uses the word cuckold? Is that coming up? I don't even know if I caught that. I don't think it's this one. It's not this one. I have like, I have not read like any of these lyrics because they're all so long. I have them all (laughs) up on my screen right now. Yeah, I am. I love, that's the thing is I feel like sonically this record is so, I'm pretty sure when I first reviewed this record when this podcast was just an Instagram, I was just calling this record nasty and gay and it really is. Um, and I love that I can expand on it now through this platform, but it's just like, I have felt these feelings and they're nasty. I think going on the lyrics that you were talking about, I think my favorite or like, uh, one of my favorites from it are like the very end where, uh, he's like, you ask yourself every day, just how high are the highs? Uh, just really like, you know, romanticizing something and then being like, oh, maybe it wasn't that good, but here we are. <laughs> Yes, I just find this whole album to be so incredibly relatable. Mm-hmm. But, okay, Dave, what else you want to say about this song? Uh, again, I mean, I, I like the watch lyric. Uh, I think it is like, it's it. I mean, I just keep referring to it as the block party thing, but it is a thing where like, you know, you could call it corny or make fun of it, but you know, he means it so much, and like, you know, I, <laughs> it's part of my buy-in for sure. Um, there's like a solo towards the end of this song that is insane uh it sounds crazy i was doing dishes while listening to it uh and like had to stop because i realized i was like scrubbing in like in time to it and i was worried i was gonna break something it's just so intense (laughs) i love that Uh, yeah that that solo imagine tabbing that solo out it's it literally it sounds like a lawnmower starting. <laughs> like, it's not even like, like it doesn't even start like musically at all. It's no. very cool. Okay, Becky, how do you feel about this song? The guitar tone is very unpleasant. Uh, <laughs> before we start recording that sound effect I was trying to find, it's like a reversed, I don't even know how to describe it, but that's the first time we hear it is in the song. Um... There is a constant percussive symbol or sample that is like such a high frequency that is so annoying throughout the whole song. It does not let up. It's just constant. And then there's like a 
not the solo that you're talking about, Dave, but there is a guitar solo that just travels up like a whole step and it's so fucking bad and cheap. It is, it like reminds me of some shit that like an old like classic rock band (laughs) would pull off and like think that they're like really shredding because it's literally like like you just like went <laughs> up like a step <laughs> it's I so like bad part. i would prefer a single note shredding solo moment than that it's literally just like you're playing a scale I just got to um, that part right now because I have it on. Uh, and it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it is it, it is a scale. <laughs> He's enjoying it, though. He's just playing a fucking scale. He likes it. You can see it on his face. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very that. Um, I, damn. I don't. Yeah, truly. <laughs> I feel like I just got hit by a car. Well, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Uh it's just musically like since I'm one person who is not really paying attention to the lyrical content of this album and but honestly I can't really understand a lot of what he's saying and I can't get past the musical aspects of what is happening on this album I do think that that vantage point of being like um of not kind of like being able to hear the lyrics and not kind of like immediately being able to like latch onto them. I truly don't think that Block Party gained many new fans with this album. This definitely feels like it was for the people that were already fans and like cared about them and were invested in kind of the stories that they were telling and them as people, um, which is something I don't think I ever really thought about and definitely can see why critics who are kind of more focused on the mass appeal of a record would say it's bad but i love it yeah i think as a Ugh. listener i'm in general in general just like more of a lyrics person like music is obviously mm-hmm. crucial and cool and very important uh but i feel like <laughs> i can get around a lot of things that i think are like cheesy or bad if i like the lyrical content uh so, like, that's always kind of where, like, I hop in first if I really want to get into something. Um, so now I can't, like, divorce the two. I've already decided, like, oh, yeah, this rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Okay. Also, love that you are famously taking my stance as being post-music. I don't care about the music. I only care about the lyrics. Uh, that's very much how I feel a lot. But sometimes I don't, but mostly I do. <laughs> <laughs> the music can be a really great vessel for the really good lyrics. And sometimes the music makes the lyrics bad, too. But in general, post-music. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. I think Trojan Horse rocks. Trojan Horse rocks for that that solo alone. Uh, <laughs> but the rest of the song backs it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you can guess. You can guess what I'm going to say. It sucks. Okay. Love that. Track six, Signs. Wow. A fucking song. A real song. This song is absolutely devastating. It's a, it's a killer. Um, Who wants to go first? <laughs> I don't have that much to say, so I will just say this is the only good song on this album. <laughs> okay, this is my number one favorite song, so I'm happy that you can at least say this song is good. Also, Carl, I know that it's like 
very relatable right now. So if you don't <laughs> want to talk about it, I'm totally cool with that. I'm fine with that. I, okay. I can like, especially this. like lyrical content. This vibe. was yeah, the uh, the song that I was listening to when I texted you to be like, do you want to talk about this album at all anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still down to talk about this album. I can divorce my personal life from this beautiful song. Um, at least for the next 10 minutes while we talk about it. Five to 10 minutes. Um, yeah, I don't, I just, wow. This song is so, I really do think this record would be ultimately more unenjoyable if this song was not on this album. And I know that there was like a Jules Holland performance, I think, of this song. And seeing them pull this off live is like really amazing and really cool. Um, Gordon, is that the bassist name? I believe his name is Gordon. He plays the Glockenspiel part live. And I think that that is, I don't think he plays bass in this band anymore, but he did then. And that's like really cool and fun to watch. He's very good at those um, instruments, like marimba-y looking instruments. Do those have a name? I'm like just literally rambling. There's Glockenspiel and a Mabira, which is mm. African percussion instrument. Beautiful. Thank you, Genius. Yes. <laughs> Our favorite. This is the first time we've name dropped Genius on this app. Our favorite website. Um, yeah, in general, uh, I think the song is amazing. I could probably talk for the next 300 years about how good it is. But in the interest of not breaking down in tears on the podcast, I will say the chorus is absolutely fucked up. Mm-hmm. And relatable to anyone who's ever lost anyone in their life. And this is the song that I think has like a manifestation of real death. And I hope that uh, Kelly handled this as best as he possibly could. All right. Who wants to go next? Uh, <laughs> I agree. Uh, Signs is great. Uh, beautiful song. I feel like similar to, to Biko, I think the like the quieter, more like suppressed songs on this record stand out so much because everything else is like turned up so much uh and i feel like they really benefit from that like i feel like signs like really shines while not being anywhere near as extra as like the other stuff um i think just a song about the relatability of like losing someone and then looking for like signs or like proof like that like you know they're still around or something is so relatable uh, and really like it cuts pretty hard um I think they do it really well. Like, I don't think there's really... This is something that I don't feel like has a lot of, like, block party moments where you're kind of like, oh, well, he believes it, so I, I get it. It's just like, oh, yeah, this is just, like, a really well-crafted song and really well-written lyrics about this. Yeah, absolutely. I think some of the most relatable lyrics about death are, I see signs now all the time that you're not dead, you're sleeping, I believe in anything that brings you back home to me. It's like, wow, yeah, fucking... Yeah, totally. No need, no need for the lofty imagery. It's just plain spoken and right there, and incredibly relatable. I think this song fucks. Uh, <laughs> Signs fucks. I think it rocks. Okay, since we're grading your answers on a curve with this record, that's like good enough. <laughs> three for three. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, track. I scrolled all the way up to the top to find out if. I seven. knew the bassist name. Yeah, track seven. One, One month, month off. off. To go from signs to this shit is <laughs> cruel. <laughs> <laughs> this is the cuckold song. This is where he, he says, uh, it's at the oh, very end of verse yeah. one. 
and it's just not right this waiting game making me a, making a cuckold of me wow i um i think this is uh the bitchiest song on this record therefore i think it's very good um <laughs> if you are ever in this mood if you are if you have ever been in the headspace of this song it is mood bay and goals it truly is like all consuming um, I think the chorus imagery of I can be as cruel as you fighting fire with firewood is some Taylor Swift shit. But s- speaking now on that, <laughs> that is famously good songwriting. If you mean extremely also, successful and popular, then yeah. <laughs> yeah. Multi billionaire, gajillionaire. Um, okay, I will say real quick, if you click on the the first chorus annotation. The, the thing that pops up, the annotation that pops up, it says, this man isn't putting up with the younger girl's lies and games anymore. It's like, okay, wait, but the lead singer of this band is gay. Yeah, research. Uh, no, I don't think, I, did he come out with this record? Did he come out before this record or after? I, I felt I like. I don't know what the timeline is. I don't know. I don't know the timeline there, but I feel like I, st- I remember, I still remember being like the big coming out song. Mm-hmm. And that was before this, but I don't know if that's just in my my own coming out. <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean, we're I've getting over. That. <laughs> we are all, all every like gay from every like indie rock gay from this era has. I still remember somewhere <laughs> in their coming out story. <laughs> Let's find out. He oh, he came out in 2010. Oh wow! So mm-hmm. yeah, that was before this. But I mean from one homo to another i can tell when a homo is writing a song so (laughs) (laughs) um just in general like i'm just sitting at home like professor like x from x-men i can just feel a homo somewhere writing a song Um, sad gay nearby (laughs) about four states over um let's see there's some uh i love the the translucent sun bleached skin yeah when did you get so la oh my god yeah, that's good. That's also very, like, this song is a Taylor Swift song. It is. This was the original We Are Never Getting and Never Ever Getting Back Together. <laughs> <laughs> this original Bad Blood. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think this song absolutely slays. Dave, what do you, what do you think about this song? Uh, the only thing I had written down was uh, that the only thing I like more than a sad Black Party song is a mad Black Party song. Uh, and I think this okay. is the first one where he's like, is really being really bitchy uh and it i love it for that uh like it's it's not any like it, it's not like i'm sad anymore she's like all right so this is how it's gonna be uh and i think that's great uh he does that like funny key change at the end uh oh i forgot about the key change yeah he's, like, he's mad enough to jump up an octave and i was like yes do it yes he like just took a shot he's about to fucking fuck you yeah. up i love that yes that is really that's some beautiful shit. I totally forgot about the key change. I just want them to chill the fuck out. Is all I want. That there's another there. Uh, what I was mentioning before about that high frequency percussive shit that doesn't let up. They literally just like press a button and let it go throughout the whole song. And um, there's also like computing sounds. <laughs> samples that get introduced into this like why <laughs> they're connecting to AOL what? <laughs> there's so many extra unnecessary sounds and 
I did. I wrote down about that key change, and I was like, "Why do they do this so randomly?" And like, um, uh, they just—they were like, "This sounds cool. Let's like put it in the song, even though it makes it worse." I don't think I just feel like we're critiquing well I mean obviously this whole podcast is just critiquing art ultimately but I feel like we're critiquing (laughs) art and it's like maybe they didn't maybe they didn't think it made it worse maybe they think it made it better and maybe I agree with them and this is all just to say music is so subjective yeah music I was listening to Las Culturistas and they were talking about how sometimes they get offended if someone doesn't like their music taste which I cannot relate to because I understand that everyone is different like me with this album it's all about preference I feel like uh you started talking about this by saying that you just want them to like calm down or something uh yes which like to (laughs) enter this album and want that is to be constantly disappointed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. They will ne- oh they do god. not calm down once. <laughs> oh my god, damn, yes. The poet laureate of intimacy by Block Party. <laughs> oh wow, that was really gorgeous. Okay, I think one month off rocks. One month off rocks. I think it sucks. Hell yeah. Alright. Track eight. Dad, do you say this is Zephyrus? I say Zephyrus. Zephyrus. I think that's right. Okay. Zephyrus. <laughs> Zephyrus. Wow. Okay, Dave, how do you feel about Zephyrus? Uh, I feel like I don't vibe super hard on this one. Okay. Um, I, For all of the block party stuff that I love, I feel like they have that weird, uh, like choir of like chanters behind them in this one uh and that's where i'm like okay yeah this has like the prayer 2.0 vibes yeah Uh, and i feel like this record gets uh like more and more religious as it goes like we'll get into that later but there's like a bunch of weird references later on um but i think this is the part where i was just like I'm cool with, like, the computer sounds and, like, the sirens, but, like, once there's, like, a group of people who I imagine are in cloaks, like, chanting at me, I was like, I might, I might chill on this one. Um, But I do, like, (laughs) I did write down that I feel like this is the point, the first point in the album where instead of being sad or mad, he's like, maybe some of this was my responsibility. Uh, And I think that's an important turning point in anyone's life. (laughs) <laughs> awareness and accountability yes yes <laughs> i agree with that statement i i don't have a ton of feelings about this song i think that this is kind of like a riskier move on a record like this where it's like you either have fast songs or slow songs suddenly you have like a mid-tempo jam with like a really scary chorus um but i think that the chorus lyrics are great the and all you said in your quietest voice was i needed you as much as they do like that's like and with it being like kind of like a quieter part of the song, I think that that's like a scary and cool move that I really respect. I'm like reading a little bit on uh, Genius about the, the context of the song in terms of the mythological imagery. Uh, Zephyrus was an ancient Greek god of the west wind and of spring. There's a myth that he and another god Apollo were both after the same boy. He saw them playing a game of some Q word, which in parentheses says throwing rings over Spike, and he used the wind to hurl a disc into the boy they were after his head and kill him. So 
he threw a frisbee at his head and he killed him. One gay man threw a frisbee at another man's head, uh, killed him so that neither of them could have him. I think that that's beautiful. (laughs) As it should be. Oh, these bridge lyrics. The too many mirrors in this house and I don't like to see myself like this. I'm becoming the man I used to be, I guess. I mean, I think... I truly, unfortunately, have not done a deep dive on the lyrics to this song because typically at this point of the record, I'm worn out to a certain Mm -hmm. extent and I'm gearing up for the beautiful ending that we get with this album. So unfortunately, I'm just now diving into the song. and I think it's pretty cool. (sighs) Becky, what do you think? I think this song is the song I hate the most on this album. (laughs) It is so dissonant. I wrote down fucking Harry Potter choir shit, question mark. Oh, no, Carl. I think that's a fair thing to write down. So funny. Oh, my there, God. The rhythm is so wonky. The high-frequency samples, again, if you're only paying attention to that, there is no rhythm at all. It's so clunky. It like, I can't even listen to the song. Like, I get halfway through, and I'm like, okay, that's enough. Is that, like, the, the frequency thing that you're complaining about, is that, like, a bell sound? It's, like, it's supposed to be, like, a cymbal okay. sound. Okay. But it's obviously a sample, and it's... I'm sick of it. Okay. Love. You said that with such like a beautiful resignation. Uh, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. What if I just walked out on yeah. the pod oh. this episode? No more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think this song is fine. I would say fine. I was going to say sucks if only because I wanted to have at least one or two songs on this where I was like, no, I won't say they rock. Uh, this is, <laughs> Zephyr's is probably my least favorite on the record. Okay. Becca, what do you think? Sucks. <laughs> it sucks ass in a hole. Okay, wow. All right. We got to like figure out what what's worse than sucks. If fucks is better than rocks, what's worse than sucks? <laughs> Zephyr's by Black Party is the first thing Becca implores, whatever that word is. Yeah. Okay. So, track nine is a song called Talons. Becca, how do you feel about Talons? Uh, reading my notes is so funny. Okay. (laughs) This is where we get to a point in the record where I feel like this is a magic show soundtrack (laughs) happening. Uh, this is another song that just has so much unnecessary shit and I'm so annoyed at this point that I'm just like okay the chorus is like sort of good because the guitar covers up a lot of those unnecessary sounds that are going on but there's just too many ideas crammed into the song that don't work together and I don't know the context of this but I I wrote down that froggy synth. Just get out of here with that. <laughs> Dave, you love frogs, don't you? I do love frogs. Uh, so a froggy synth is all I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't see this line. The 
It's talents to rake the side of my face. Oh, when did you become such a slut? I wrote, the only thing I have written down is when did you become such a slut? Because <laughs> it's such a wild thing. It's like, Kelly, chill. Yeah, like literally for us to like be talking about like the block party thing where it's like he's delivering these poetic lines with such conviction. Like that seems out of pocket. Especially, with, I don't know. I feel like there are a lot of like classic block party moments in this song with lyrics like that and then he just <laughs> yells that it's like, it kind of takes me out do you think this is about is this talking about like stds what is this about i didn't think that but i'm not i also didn't not think like i think that there's a read in there <laughs> it's not off uh, the what? table this is so interesting. This is I I feel bad. He saddened all my friends and claimed all my lovers. Yeah. He's talking about AIDS. Is he talking about AIDS? That's what one genius annotation says. Well, we know we can't always trust them because sometimes they sing about they think people are singing about pee and poop. <laughs> <laughs> what was that one about? Nicki Minaj. Oh, that's, right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, I can't always. You can't always. Yeah, trust them. he's like. All of these are like, he's talking about AIDS. Um, I feel a little bad that I um, have gone on the record standing this record so hard, but like this like fourth quarter of the album, like leading up to the last two songs, it's like, I don't necessarily always pay the most attention to this. Because again, it is, it's not, it's a hard album to listen to front to back. I totally agree. It's, it's long. And a thing that I noticed going through was that like, a bunch of this besides the first couple of tracks really blend together for me where it just all feels like you're listening to intimacy and then you get to the end uh, after like halfway through or so. Um, I agree. Even if it's like, if we can't say for sure that it's AIDS, it seems like it's definitely like some kind of disease, probably sexually transmitted because of the, all the lyrics about having sex and stuff. Yeah. And the album art and the album title definitely back up that imagery. It mm-hmm. doesn't feel unfounded to assume that that's what this is about. I think I think this song is interesting. I think it's cool. This song and Zephyrus are songs that I will revisit more in the near future because they're the songs I feel the least connected to. And I want to feel connected to every song on this amazing album that I simply adore. But um, I think the song is fine. I love the bridge of this song. Uh, and I think mostly it's fine. <laughs> Becca? Like, I think the choruses and the bridge are cool. Okay, okay, we love that. It sucks. Beautiful. <laughs> okay, so that brings us to track 10, Better Than Heaven. On to the next act in this magic show. <laughs> that is a good point, because I, I wasn't thinking of that at all, but uh, as you were saying that, I have it on like quietly and I was imagining just like cameras panning around him on a stage where he's like opening his arms and stuff. <laughs> the two of you are killing me. That's so funny. <laughs> this magic show. <laughs> also love the idea of you simply dunking on every magician. <laughs> How dare you yeah. dunk on every oh, magician. Oh man, we're gonna lose our magician audience. Oh, Shit. Geez. I know at God, least there goes half our audience. <laughs> I know at least one cool magician, so um my co- <laughs> My cousin briefly, when he was young, wanted to be a magician, uh, and he made us call him Disco Prisco for a long time. <laughs> Older or younger cousin? Uh, same age. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, this is an amazing oh time to bring this up. Um, 
listeners, Dave and I have the same exact birthday. That we do. Isn't that so beautiful? Same year too, right? 1990? Yeah, that's oh us. Oh my god. Oh my Jeez. god, brother. Uh, <laughs> I fun. love those. I like, that's why we like intimacy. I think that is ultimately why we adore this record. I was going to bring that up at the beginning, but it completely slipped my mind. Um, listeners, um, let us know in the comments if you could tell, listening to this record, that Dave and I had the same birthday before we revealed this. On <laughs> yeah, please, please don't cheat. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so better than heaven. What? The, how the fuck does this song go? I gotta listen. Unfortunately, uh, this is the one that stops like kind of being about like God stuff and just starts being about God stuff. Uh, <laughs> there's like a Bible verse in it uh, that I looked up because I wanted to see what was going on. He's like referencing the Garden of Eden and talking about like original sin a lot. Um, I do think, uh, the line, you get sadder, the smarter you get, and it's a bore is really cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the line, you get smarter, the sadder you get, or you get sadder, the smarter you get, uh, is kind of dumb on its own, or is just like such like a, okay, whatever, who cares? But I think adding that it's really boring after that rocks. uh, Yes. (laughs) And really contextualizes like the, the level to which he's talking about this, um, yeah, and I feel like kind of like a minimal production, like weird song to drop those lines into where it's like you're kind of like really having to focus on the lyrics is like really a smart move. Totally. It feels like a little, this is, I'm literally about to make up a word. It feels a little Bjorkian. It feels a little <laughs> Bjorkian to do that. Wow, I love that. <laughs> Add it to the dictionary. Where the lyrics are just like fucking nuts and the song is really aiding in that. Driving that Except home. truth is truth. I like that the bridge when he. I like that the bridge is like him jumping up an octave. That's like I feel like the that, catchiest part. That is the only good part about this song. Um. Uh, yeah. You don't have anything else you want to say about Becca particularly? The song title itself makes me wish this was a really pretty song. Yeah. <laughs> But it's not. Um, it's not bad, bad. And I did write down that when the vocal melody changes at the there was a time before we were born, like, and it goes into that is is really good. Yeah. But then right after that, it gets crazy, and I really wish they would just stick with the guitar. <laughs> One song that doesn't get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the title is like, I, I agree that it's not what I would first think of when you think of a song title like Better Than Heaven. But I also feel like that's kind of like a cool con to be like, you know, you think that the best thing in life is heaven and then this is like better and it's like actually horrible. I think that's like a fun dichotomy to reference one of the many words that are in every emo song ever. Um, yeah, I think I think this song is really interesting and neat and cool and weird and good i think the song rocks even though it is very jesusy which is what but i think this song is fine uh (laughs) i think i like talents more than better than heaven which is also fine (laughs) (laughs) okay okay that's my scale becca Mm, it sucks (laughs) that just made me spit (laughs) (laughs) like i spit all over my fucking screen okay 
All right, that brings us to what I believe is technically the last song on the actual album. Um, a song. Is that true? I think so, isn't it? Because it is in my iTunes, but knowing how that is not a great reference, I've just been streaming it on Spotify. Spotify has a million is... songs. Yeah. I think, yeah, there's... 14. Three more after. <laughs> yeah, we don't necessarily have to dig into all of those, even though, like, Flux is in that bunch. And Flux was recorded before this, but I love that song a lot. Yeah, I think the version that's, like... Uh, oh, I don't know what this version that's on streaming is. It's some mix between, like, the deluxe edition and the But then bonus tracks. on Genius, it, it ends with... Your visits are getting shorter. Which is a good song. I like that one. I just looked at myself on Zoom and I looked hideous. So sorry. <laughs> Give me one second to recover from that. Um, how dare. I know. How dare I look ugly. Um, yeah, your visits are getting shorter. I don't really... Okay, hold on. Let's let's talk about Ion Square and then we'll figure out what to do with these bonus <laughs> tracks. Okay, Ion Square. Holy fucking shit. We're pretending at this current moment that this is the closing track on this record. And holy shit, this is an amazing way to go out. I adore this song from top to bottom. I think it's so beautiful. I think that it's it has some throwback energy. I feel like this is the, not to be comparative, but this is the I still remember of this record. Um, it's so, it's blissful. The chorus, I carry your heart here with me. I carry it in my heart. Like, kind of clunky when you read it out loud but it's like he delivers it again in that block party way it's so good um i also think that this song builds in like a really cool way when the like arpeggiated i want to assume it's synth that like do 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 when it like first comes in it's like a little off from like the rhythm like the actual like bpm of the song and as it goes on it like lines up better i'm like that's so that does something to me that scratches an itch inside of my skin i love it so much um lots of gorgeous imagery here um i don't even the the end of the second verse the lines about like staying in staying on the sofa so let's stay in let the sofa be our car let's stay in let the tv be our stars i found my dancing shoes but they don't fit all the bright lights do is bore me they bore me oh and we were just talking about being bored on the last song but this is like the good boring i love those I'm single and this makes me want to fucking date a hundred <laughs> men. So <laughs> I love this song. Okay. Dave, how do you feel? Uh, I agree. I didn't realize that there's a version of this record where this is how it ends, which is, I think such an improvement, honestly. Uh, <laughs> yes. uh, I think Ion score is great. Um, I do think it sounds, the beginning sounds a little bit like a Subaru commercial. Uh, <laughs> And I, I like that, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of safety in that. Um, <laughs> uh, I love the lines he brought up. Um, at one point, he just says, I love my mind when I'm fucking you. Yes! He goes there! <laughs> oh, uh, a cerebral horny king. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, that's the part you're talking about. I love that uh, it is just about, like, a casual night in, but they make it sound like you're in space the whole time. Uh yeah, I think Iron Square is great. Uh, definitely one of my favorites on the record. Okay, Becca, dare I ask, how are we feeling about Ion Square? I do think this should be the last song on the album. Uh, I said the beginning sounded like an Arcade Fire song. Uh, and... The- <laughs> 
I'm just going to read through my bullet points. Okay, yes. I, okay. The sounds here make sense so far. Timestamp 124. <laughs> She's got the receipts. It's like your journal. <laughs> <laughs> Captain's log. Captain's and then, log. oh no, is that dot, 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 guitar I hear in my right ear? <laughs> The guitar works when it's reverby in the chorus and afterwards the I carry your heart part. Just mix the right guitar lower, please, and I still don't like that super fast percussive shit and they just double up on it for some reason after it's nice. The vocal melody is good during the so let's start and let the sofa be our car from here on out. Uh, it's fine, dot, 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 maybe good, question mark, except it's six and a half minutes long, so no. <laughs> the thing we haven't talked about yet. I could listen to it for another six and a half minutes. Uh, it's a song I did not realize was six and a half minutes until like I was actually writing things down for this and be like, oh, wait, this one goes on for a while, doesn't it? Yeah, I definitely... I. I definitely know that the first version of this record I owned physically ended with this song. And this is just such a great way to go out, especially on an album that like, you know, when I think of the term intimacy, I am associating it with the good parts of a relationship. And I think that it's like really interesting that a lot of the record does not focus on that. Um, But I think that closing the record on that is like a really cool poetic move. Um, and I don't know. I feel like they're not like mean people. I don't think like anyone in this band wants the nation to be depressed. So I think that <laughs> they've offered us Ion Square to, to make up for it. Also, Ion Square, just those two <laughs> words together, they do something to me as well. Um, Ion Square is a small park in Bethnal Green, London, which contains a children's play area housing said swings. He talks about Bethnal Green in an earlier song. He does. He's a geography king. Yeah. There's that song too, the um where he talks about um about hooking up with people from Silver Lake to Williamsburg or whatever. Yeah. I, he loves geography. He's cool. He's so cool. They're such a cool band. Even now, I like just have so much reverence for the people involved with this project in and out. Like new members that come in, like the guy from Menomina. I'm like, that's cool. You're in fucking block mm-hmm. party now. Like that's iconic. I'll always have reference for this project. I think this song is an amazing way to end the record. I think it rocks. Ion Square rocks. It's fine. Beautiful. Okay, now... Do we get into any of the bonus tracks? Do y'all want to? I went there. <laughs> I have a few small things to say about. Okay. Same. At least letters to myself. We'll do like a lightning round with the bonus tracks then cuz I didn't I didn't super pay attention to them, but um I have obviously heard them a bunch in the past. So, all right, first bonus track is Letter to My Son. What are we thinking? Who wants to go first? I tried to find out whether or not he had a son, which was Googling it twice and not really looking that hard and could not confirm or deny. Uh, I think that this sounds like you two all did party drugs together, and I wrote that you could really cut a rug to this one. Uh, But I don't think I really like it. (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, he has a kid now. Uh, Oscar, maybe? Or Austin? Uh, Oscar? What did you just say? Ahoy, matey? Either. (laughs) 
<laughs> is, it, is the son's name uh, Oscar? I don't know. I'm looking at a. I'm looking at an interview. I'm gonna have to do control. I F. hope it's Oscar. I, that's a good name. Because he ends this song with "Forgive me, Oscar." Oh, oh no. The song sounds like The Cure slash The Smiths. Yeah, but that's. I feel like this band has always like touched on that sound. I can't. I'm reading just an article where the byline is. I don't. It just. It says the Black Party frontman talks about being a dad and how there will always be people that have problem with you. Um, I don't know, but I love the bridge on Genius says actually. Oh my god! Okay, the bridge says, "See what trouble wicked thoughts cause by the bedroom door, the kitchen floor," and someone says, "Actually, they're wrong. There are having sex, and he knows what could happen. They will have a baby." I just want to read that line again in case listeners didn't get it. Actually, comma, <laughs> there are having sex, comma, and he knows what could happen, comma, they will have a baby. Thank you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I only has one down vote. <laughs> That's what happens when you have sex. Every time, no matter what. There could have baby. There could <laughs> there could will have baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the song actually might be like deeply personal. Maybe this is about um I don't even I don't I don't want to dunk on this song cuz it Forgive me, Oscar. Anytime you're begging for forgiveness in a song, it's like who am I to judge you? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I've been too harsh. I do like the uh the parts where he says I try like three times. Yeah. yeah. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Dave, that was beautiful. I want a looping gif of that. <laughs> it's part of my uh, my new block party cover band. Okay. Um, we want to move on to your visits are getting shorter. Mm-hmm. I personally love this song. What? Um, I <sighs> personally love this song. I don't know what else you want me to say. I think the chorus is so good. Um, this is a chorus like the it, this is like literally like the fucking um, call me maybe strings but like evil the dun, 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 dun. I love that I think it's so good all right um, I mean there are some like, clunky clunky imagery the you're pulling the trigger and the guns in my mouth like okay don't be so dramatic uh, yeah it reminds uh, me of that Madonna song caught up oh caught up's a great song yeah but this song is <laughs> Bad. Also, the the what Genius is calling the post chorus, the boys on your left side, boys on your right, boys by your locker who'll do anything you ask. Like literally, this feels like Grease. Yeah, I love the way he <laughs> says boys, boys every time. Yes. Really, it really takes me somewhere. Uh, um, I feel like this was at a part of my notes where I was just making weird comparisons. So I said this one was like a, a postal service song for people who have never touched stuffed animals. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, I like it. I think that's okay, you know? <laughs> Dave, Dave, I want you to I want you to start your own music commentary blog or something where you compare things like that. <laughs> that's really great. We'll see. Okay. Um, let's move on then to the last bonus track that's on streaming, a song called Flux. We didn't say if that song rocked or not, but I think it rocks. I'd give it a rocks. Sucks. Okay, so yeah, Flux. Back to Flux. 
Flux, can you can y'all believe that this song is only 76 BPM? Is it really? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. I looked it up because it feels like it's a thousand. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is one of those where it's like a lot of the instruments are doing like double time. It oh, it's so stressful. <laughs> oh my god. For me, whereas I think Ion Square is like a more elegant way to end it. I think ending it with flux is like a nice summation of the whole album, you know, like of the, the stressfulness that they have baked into this so much. Uh, so I, I expected nothing less. This is why I always assume that the record just ended this way. <laughs> <laughs> I think that your vantage point on it is like very accurate. And obviously a lot of people that are digesting this record through streaming nowadays is like, I they probably agree with that. I think it's interesting that this song was recorded before All of Intimacy, but does like such a, it does like a great job of kind of like walking you through like the thought process of like where Intimacy was coming from, which is cool. It's a nice button on a, the package if you're digesting it this way. Um, They like got really into doing like one-off singles as they like went on. I guess they were doing that beforehand too with like what are those like Tulips and some of those other random single songs uh, two more weeks and stuff god that song's really great i love this band um but i think flex is really cool sounds like it was produced by tiesto (laughs) flux is really cool i'll say it thank you okay (laughs) becca how do you feel for me (laughs) it's not for me (laughs) the way your hair just did like a little shake when you said that is just so picturesque okay well freaks um (laughs) i think flux rocks personally same we just went over this well i just i (laughs) we should just keep (laughs) all saying whether or not it rocks or sucks for the next like 20 i really personally i think flux rocks (laughs) like call me crazy but I think Flux rocks. Oh, I got one for you. I think Flux rocks. <laughs> flux Fox. <laughs> flux Fox. <laughs> okay, that brings us to the end of the Forking album. Does anyone have anything they want to say before we do final verdict? What what a ride. It's truly it's a whirlwind. I wonder if any other straight people like this album. That's actually, okay, if you're a listener to this podcast and you happen to be straight, let us know how you feel about intimacy <laughs> by Flock Party. <laughs> I have a sick, twisted theory that only queer people, specifically gay men, love this record. I think my experience would uh, would back that up. Uh, we've got, uh, out of a, yeah, out of two gays on a podcast, we're at 100%. Small sample size, yes. but the results are there. The correlation in the data is astounding at this very moment. Okay. I All right. Let's do final verdict. We want to do final verdict? Becca, you want to do yes. it? Okay. You really look overjoyed to do it. You ready? One, two, three. It rocks. It rocks. Sucks. Okay. Well, I think we all knew where that was going to go. So. What do you what mean it sucks? <laughs> After all this time. Just- it rocks. We really <laughs> thought we were going to convert you. <laughs> I love that. Still hate it. Still not a fan. But I do like Block Party. I like their older records. Yeah. And uh, just so listeners know, um, 
again, A Weekend in the City and Silent Alarm are on the list of potential albums to review on the pod. We were just feeling demonic in the moment and opted for this one. Um, wow. Okay. Well, Dave, where can people find you online? Uh, I'm at cave underscore people on Twitter. Uh, and sometimes I post on cave people tour on Instagram, but not a lot. Uh, and I do a monthly show where I play Mega Man on the Disposable America Twitch account. And it's fun. I'll tell you anything. Sometimes I overshare. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Yeah, thanks for oh, having me. This is great. Dave, did uh, Carl tell you that I was listening to your album to take a break from having to listen to this album? How did uh, how did that all work out for you? It was it was good. It was what I needed. Uh, I I'm just glad I don't have to listen to Tennessee ever again. <laughs> well, I, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone should listen to the latest Cave People album because, especially if you listen to Intimacy, to find out if you like it, it's um, it's nice. Yeah, if Intimacy is not for you, you might really enjoy looking by Cave People. I do feel like there's similar topics discussed. Oh, for sure. In wildly different ways. <laughs> I think they're even done in similar ways. Yeah. I, I mean, a, a lot musically of, different, I guess. A lot of heavy distortion on the Cave People record, a lot of ridiculous drum machine tracks. Yeah, we like this one really high frequency kind of cymbal hit. Uh, only Becca can hear it, but it's there. Yeah, I love that. Uh, bed off of looking was in my top. 30 50 60 songs of last year is in my top 10 i'm like obsessed with that song that song i was listening back to the portamento ep of um of this podcast and i famously said that one of those songs made me feel like i want to run through drywall bed also it makes me feel exactly like that i love that song. that's uh, my experience with it too <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks for listening to it rocks for it sucks bye it Rocks or It Sucks is produced and edited by Becca High and Carl Kuhn. It's mixed and mastered by Becca High. You can follow the pod on Instagram or Twitter at It Rocks or It Sucks. Thanks for listening and feel free to like, follow, rate, review, share, do whatever you want. Bye.